Avengers, assemble. In the wake of Endgame, some were lost, others regained. They're good. What happens next? Stay tuned, true believers, as we try to find out. Peter Melnick. Graphic designer, comic book enthusiast, and podcast pontificator. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Upstate New York radio announcer in the Sullivan Catskills with an inordinate amount of catching up in his own comic book universe. Ready? It's time for a new episode of The Marvelists. Hi, this is Gabriel Iglesias, and you are listening to The Marvelous with Peter Melnick and Eddie Wilson. Oh my God, yes. Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And before we get into the usual rigmarole of today's episode and introducing our very special guest, we want to tell you all at home how you can get a hold of us on them, thar, social medias. Please, go ahead. Oh, I used to, thank you. Well, first, I'll go on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Marvelists. Give us a like-ski on there. Go on Twitter and Instagram at The Marvelists. Give us a like, a whatever, like one of our photos, like like one of our tweets, you know, we had a we had an arachnaman from WCW tweet just blow up recently, and we did not. No, we did. We really did. Was it a messy cleanup? Um, there was a little bit clean, okay. but you can also find us on a wide variety of streaming platforms, including TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, among many, many others. Hey, if you can wrangle an RSS feed, you're going to hear our ramblings and incessant incoherentness. Mostly you. Yeah, probably, as you can tell by this part. Kind but, of a 70-30 split. Eh, a little bit. But you can also find us on iTunes where you can rate, review, subscribe, and share. And remember, Eddie. What? Your favorite thing, Eddie, I'm about to bring up. It is not. Much like the ice cream machine at McDonald's, four stars or below just does not work because they have to, you know, they have to clean the machines, but they also just don't want to use the machine. But it's good ice cream. I want a McFlurry. I want to put the Oreos in there, and I want to be like, that, that spoon, that spoon is so cool. Yeah, okay. Just looking at me like, yes, just stop, Peter, and introduce. Stop. All right, so on the other end of the tin cannon string, we are joined alongside with one of my all-time favorite stand-up comedians, and I've been a fan of this guy, I want to say, since the early to mid-2000s. I remember used to, I used to watch a lot of uh, Comedy Central, and his Comedy Central Presents special was one of the ones that was on heavy rotation, both on the station and for myself. It was always a constant and... Glad to be able to have him on the other end. This is a first. This is a first because I don't think we've spoken a true, genuine, bona fide comedian. That's his job. That's what he does. It's Gabriel Iglesias. Welcome. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. I got a lot of friends who call themselves comedians, too. I'm like, yeah, but I'm the only one to get the check. (laughs) Right. It says it, too, right at the bottom of the check. This will not bounce. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It's good when you can make the comedian laugh. I like that. And, you know, one of the things that you are known for is your love of pop culture. And one of which, of course, you're here for it. Marvel. What do you think of Marvel? Oh, man. Uh, Where where do I begin? I get into arguments with people when they start giving me that whole comparison of, uh, hey, man, DC versus Marvel. I'm like, come on, really? Really? It's an eternal thing. I don't know. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's, It's a whole different thing. It's. Uh, first of all, I have an incredible collection of uh, Marvel. Notice it's just Marvel. I don't have anything DC. Wow. And people have offered, people have offered to give me some pretty cool-looking uh, Superman and Batman stuff, but I'm like, you know, I got a garage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the suitable spot for the distinguished competition. Oh, stop! Yeah. Let 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 give you. Jeez, <laughs> wow! This is a this is a Marvel purist here. Wow. And yeah, I don't I don't I don't get into arguments with people over it because yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it's happened a couple times, and it's happened in places where it's like it got serious, like at Comic-Con. And I'm like, you know, uh, it, it's okay. It's, no, I'll just, I'm going to walk over here to the, uh, the Funko booth and hang out and see what kind of trouble I can get into. And it's funny, you know, how intense the fandoms of both can get. I mean, myself, I love both, but I do have my massive uh, leanings towards Marvel because there's just something about it. And what are some of your favorite characters in Marvel? My favorite character, hands down, is Iron Man. Iron Man, uh, man, it's just it's, the fact that he lets you know who he is out the gate. You know, there's no secrets right there. He, he loves the attention. He's just, you know, he's a piece of work, but man, he knows how smart he is and he knows what he can do. And it's just the confidence and the suit. And it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a full package. You know, because usually the alter ego is, is somebody who's like, 
you know, nerdy, weak. Uh, they don't, you know, the guy gets no attention. The guy can't even, you know, get a date. But yet they put on the cape or they put on the suit, and it's on. Mm-hmm. And versus Tony Stark. Tony Stark is as cool as Iron Man. Well, I think that Peter's thrown me off from the beginning, Gabriel, I have to admit, <laughs> because the first question out of the shoot is, what do you think of Marvel? But it's usually, you know, what's your origin? What's what's your beginning with, with comic books? How old were you? What titles did you grow up with? That kind of thing. Name names. Yeah. Oh, I didn't get into, uh, you know, I didn't get into Marvel until I started watching the movies about 10 years ago. Okay. Uh, I do have a couple comic books, but I, 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 I'm not going to say that I was a hardcore comic book guy. you got to figure. I grew up in the hood, and if I saw a comic book, it was through a window, and there was usually somebody watching me. So it wasn't, you know, I didn't have access we didn't have the internet. I couldn't go online and look at, you know, cool stuff. It was just one of those things where, uh, you know, I became a fan once I was an adult and I could afford it. This probably, I, I think I understand your, where you're coming from now, Gabriel, uh, meaning you're more, you're definitely all in on Marvel and, you know, DC who or whatever kind of thing. So because if I think you if you come up through the comic book vein, you're ultimately going to see what else is out there. And, you know, that becomes part of it. I myself... As I've said on episodes before, started with a couple of DC comics, war comics, and gradually moved, moved, migrated over to Marvel because the stories were more to my liking and not just uh, everything was wrapped up one and done. Every episode, it seemed like they were writing to youngsters, and I was getting into it in my early teenage years. And so I liked the, the stories. It was They were being written more towards what I could you know, ingest better and, and so on. But you're coming from a different angle, and that's good to hear. Yeah, I mean, and any time I did come across a comic book when I was younger, uh, it was always DC. I, it, finding Marvel comics was a little bit more challenging. Mm. But DC, for some reason, I was, you know, I'd run into a, a, a Green Lantern or I'd run into a Wonder Woman or, you know, uh, of course, Superman. But it was it was rare that I'd run into an Iron Man or, or uh, Spider-Man you would see around. You would, you would see around, but uh, anything else, or, you know, Avengers, it was a lot more, it was a lot harder to get your hands on it. Well, let me ask along the line of a teenage male growing up kind of thing. If you ran into a Wonder Woman in your teenage years, you would you like? Oh, I gotta have this. Are you talking about the comic book or Wonder Woman? Well, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Wonder Woman comic book. At least that's a start, you know. Oh, okay, Mac. You know. <laughs> well, you yeah, gotta start small and work your way up. Version of me, I'm like, yeah, you yeah. know. Uh, well, you got to get, get your last one. Make me tell the truth. <laughs> That's <laughs> see, see, you start with the comic book, and then you find Linda Carter, and you're like, "Yeah, come over." Oh, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie! Come on now, am, am I the line here? <laughs> no, you're sitting. Oh, in the Linda chair. Carter was gorgeous. See? Are you kidding me? Yeah. And you know, with uh, with with Marvel, and you know, growing up with that, you know. Myself, I'm kind of in the same vein as you. Like, I used to read comics growing up as a kid, but, like, the movies were what kickstarted me back into it. And it's one of those, do you, like, do you remember the first time you saw Iron Man and how you felt, like, right after that? Oh, man, it's such a rush. It's still one of my favorite movies. Uh, as a matter of fact, I watched it maybe two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I see. You know, now that I got, now that I got Disney+, Plus, because that's, that's where I'm at now. They were actually- I, got, I got Disney+, Plus, and so... Uh, yeah, no, that movie just wow. I, I you know, you, you, you at the end when he just looks at the, you know, right in the camera and says, "I am Iron Man." You're like, "Yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was pumped, man. It was just, yeah, it, it's such an awesome movie. I never got to I see. I remember back in the day, anytime you get a, a a Marvel, the Marvel movies sucked back in the day. Yeah, DC had it down back then. You know, they had the good Superman movie with Christopher Reeve. They had the good Batman movie with Michael Keaton, and then we had those cheesy ones where like. Captain America was always running, you know, he's in a fabric, uh, some well, like wool suit, and he's just run like the L70s one, where he's, he's running everywhere. And there's like and a then, 1991 where he fights Italian Red Skull. Italian yeah, yeah. Red Skull, that's yeah, all yeah. I need to say. Yeah. 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 You know, and then Spider-Man, you know, Spider-Man didn't, wasn't as cool as Spider-Man is now, you know, the Peter Parker character with the 70s haircut, and he had that giant thing on his wrist to throw out the, the web. Yeah. The cartridges, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then you could tell, you know, the running up the wall, you knew there was a string in there. <laughs> getting pulled up the side of a building. He's in a race with Batman trying to get up the wall at the same time as Sammy Davis yeah. Jr. looks out the window. <laughs> the, the only character that I thought that really was that stood it on its own uh, back then was the Incredible Hulk, and that's because Lou Ferrigno pulled it off. Because Lou Ferrigno looked the way he looked. 
Yeah, that was not any other makeup job other than getting the green makeup paint every day yeah. on him stuff. Yeah, there, there was no CGI, man. That dude was just Mm-mm. yeah. What I love is with uh, Lou Ferrigno, they still to this day utilize him. Anytime there's a Hulk movie, they have his like they have him record tracks for the screaming and the you know the rage of the Hulk. Yeah, and it's I love that they do that little you know throwback to him, like that you know tip of the hat to the ones that came before. Yeah, because I mean there there wasn't a whole lot of actors that really stood out. I mean uh, back in the day, if, if you're talking about comic book uh, actors like you know Adam West. You know, I, definitely iconic, and then you know Lou Ferrigno, and I mean, who else do you really remember? Linda Carter. Uh, but you know, I don't remember anybody playing Iron Man or Thor. I mean, there, there was a Thor guy I remember in one of those movies, but I yep. couldn't tell you his name. I think it was like Greg or something. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure that. <laughs> I am Thor, played by Greg. Perfect. <laughs> there you go. Right, exactly. I would take his business card. Let me just tell you that now. But. With uh, with a lot of that, you know, I saw um, Iron Man fairly recently again at a drive-in of all things because I never got to see it on the big screen when it first came out. I discovered it on DVD, and I was in a little bit of a uh, how you say a pro wrestling bubble. And you are also a pro wrestling fan, and that's kind of the funniest thing is comic book fans, Marvel fans have so many similarities with pro wrestling fans. You know? Oh yeah. And, yeah, I've noticed, I've noticed that one. And, like, you know, we've had uh, WWE referee Jason Ayers on. We've had our boy uh, Shane Hurricane Helms. And there's just, like, the connections are so prevalent. And it's it's kind of fun because it, it makes sense. You know, the colorful costumes, good versus evil, uh, Dave Batista, all of those similarities. <laughs> the crossovers, man. Oh, it's... it's, well, it's just, you know, it's a... It's a story. It's, it's this guy versus that guy. It's the good versus evil. It's, you know, it's very much in the same vein. And obviously, you know, there's a lot of uh, crossover appeal with, like, the people going in, acting from pro wrestling into the Marvel movies. Again, you know, with Big Dave as the example. Are there any others that you would love to see, you know, current, past, present, have them make the crossover into Marvel? Ooh. Man. That's a, you know, that's a good question. Uh, as far as, like, overall looks, I mean, dude, I think somebody like, you know, Big Show definitely needs to be some type of villain or, or just, you know, monster in, in one of these movies. He's so massive. He wants to play um, Kingpin. You know, I, I got a chance to work with him, and, and dude is just, like, I put my hand against his hand, and I, I felt like I was three years old <laughs> high-fiving an adult. It, it, seriously, it, he's so big. And why why they haven't put a put something on him and put him in a, in a movie is beyond me. And he can act. He can absolutely act. He's pretty yes, damn he good can. for what he does. He can follow a script. Do you have a second favorite then, Gabriel, after Iron Man? And are you happy with the way he was portrayed throughout all the Marvel Universe movies? I actually was very happy with it. And it was sad at the end. I, I'm not going to lie. I was one of those that got all choked up. I'm like, no! Mm-hmm. And then I'm, you know, I'm in the parking lot and I'm trying to figure out, okay, how are they going to bring him back? How are they going to bring him back? How are they going to bring him back? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I had a conversation the other day with a friend, and, you know, she made the comment. She's like, there's no way they're bringing him back. I'm like, come on. We live in a world where Superman can come back. What about him? And she's like, well, no, because then, you know, they'll mess it up somehow if they do what DC did. And, yeah. Yeah, and, and see, D, uh, again, DC. <laughs> they, kill, they kill him, but then, of course, like, he's already in the trailer for the new one. So I was like, oh, well, yeah. I wonder what's going to happen in this one. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that was such a big waste of time. I went to go watch Justice League when it first came out. I was, I just wanted to see, like, man, you got a lot of cool characters. Let's see, let's see how they do it. And I, I was just disappointed. I was just like, ugh. One of one of my favorite uh, dumb complaints I've ever heard from a fan was somebody said that Marvel rushed their cinematic universe, and I'm just like, hmm? yeah, exactly. Like that was my immediate reaction. Like, wait, Marvel rushed, not you know DC, where by the uh, second film. It's Dawn of Jam it all in. And uh, I don't know. I, when I when I saw Justice League, I thought it was okay at best. But rewatching it recently, no, 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 no. I'm telling you, I haven't enjoyed any of those characters since Christopher Reeve. And, and uh, like I said, uh, uh, I can't think of his name now. Freaking uh, Keaton? Michael Keaton. Mm. I would have even taken Val Kilmer. But... Uh, <laughs> 
And the funniest thing is there are so many people now. It's it's that bit of 90s nostalgia. People are fondly remembering that version of Batman now. It's like the you know the 20 something year rule now like oh man, wasn't Val Kilmer great? You guys threw your McDonald's glass mugs across the wall when he did the movie. <laughs> Come on. Oh, but it was better than now. Well, yeah, that that we agree with. Uh-huh. Yeah, I thought I thought Christian Bell did a did a good job with the Dark Knight. Uh, I, did, I did I did enjoy it. See, my one thing with uh, Affleck, on the other hand, I've always said, you know, he he's a good Batman, but an awful Bruce Wayne because we really didn't even get much of an experience of his Bruce Wayne. Although now we're hearing, you know, with Warner Brothers, they want to bring him back, they want to wrangle him back into you know the Warner Brothers fold. Which, I mean, sure, but that that bat ship has already sailed. I heard a rumor they were going to try to bring back Michael Keaton. That I've heard he's going to be doing something with that Flashpoint movie, and if that's the case, that's something... This is where I'm excited with what the future of Marvel is, on the other hand, because we're hearing, you know, with that rumor over at Marvel with the distinguished competition of alternate universes or bringing back actors, there is so much we could get, though, with, like, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and... With that, what do you think? What would you like to see happen with that movie? Oh, man, you know they're going to take that to another place. It's, it's going to be really awesome. I'll, I'm waiting to find out what happens with uh, uh, Howard the Duck. You know, they keep teasing us with that character, and I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, come on. Well, Kevin Smith <laughs> was supposed to do a Howard the Duck cartoon for Hulu, and that, you know, eventually, that was all, I really can't believe I'm going to make this joke, fouled up. And mm. it's it's a shame, because, like, Howard is such a great character, too, and it's... You know, come on, do something with them. Do, do, why aren't you doing something with them? Eddie, Eddie, why are they doing something with them? I don't know. Dude, it's that's the, better than my wog. That, well, it's just off the cuff. That was Whatever. But, it's like waddle through here. Yeah, but they're, they're going to definitely uh, take Doctor Strange to, you know, to a whole other place. I, I'm looking forward to it. And that one's a um, cool one, too, because it's going to be Sam Raimi directing of Evil Dead in the original Spider-Man trilogy. So we might, you know, one, we're definitely going to see a Bruce Campbell cameo. Like, it's, that's a given, you know. We're going to see Ash from Evil Dead show up somehow in uh, this movie. And two, there's a possibility we might, you know, see uh, Tobey Maguire make one more return, you know, with the, uh, not the web shooters anymore. He's got the things coming out of his wrists, which is still uncomfortable. That, um, I'm sure. Absolutely. Well, Gabriel, you said earlier, now that you have Disney+, Plus, you got to see Iron Man, the first one recently. And with in light of events that have happened, um, how has that uh, changed what uh, you're doing with yourself? Is it just the comedy stuff you're still working on or other things you want to talk about? Well, let me tell you, uh, stand-up is out of the question for me right now just because I, I can't, you know, uh, just can't have people together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's some comics that are attempting to, uh, to do shows that drive ins and stuff like that, and some, some are successful with it. Some aren't, and if you can pull it off, more power to you. Um, I, I just can't do it. Um, wow. I, I need to have people close. I need to be able to, to feed off the energy, which is the main, one of the main reasons why I haven't um, done anything online. You know, I get people saying, well, how come you don't just do a viral show? And I'm like, well, it's not the same. You need that instant feedback. You need to be able to engage with people, and you just can't do it online. A, ver- it's a well, drive that that's I'm just getting my head around that thing you said drive a drive-in comedy yeah, like that they've show been do- they've been doing stuff like that a lot lately yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you who did it really well was uh, Burt Kreischer Burt Kreischer's on the road right now and he's killing it at the drive-in that yeah, sounds funny so, all by uh, itself too he's killing it at the drive-in I mean what I yeah okay must be a yeah, short you get right you, I, that sounds like something that you'd say in the fifties <laughs> yeah, right sure exactly. <laughs> He's one step away from coming to the Catskills. It was just—it's oh tough God. to roller skater on the parking lot and the driving because it's all—it's not paved. I mean, geez. Well, depending on the location, Eddie. I suppose, but oh man, okay, that's different from from then to now. But, but like you said, yeah, you need that intimacy, you need that reaction, the feedback to what you're doing, and in a, in another sense, it puts you uh, back to maybe like any I would say comedian starting off in the small clubs and not having too many people in there to begin with. And now if you did get to go back into a comedy club with the ventilation, okay, the air filter is good, but you're still spacing out, and I don't mean in a hallucinogenic way, that you're you starting off like, wait, this is when I did my first gig. There were just like 10 people here, and that was it, and now I'm back to square one? What the hell? 
Yeah, and also, I'm not so much concerned with a small audience because, you know, an audience is an audience as long as you can engage with them. Mm -hmm. But people are, are still paranoid. You know, I, I'm one of them. I mean, yeah, I see masks and I'm just like, uh, you know, if, if I'm out there and the people are in the room, it's just it's, it's not going to feel the same. Yeah, it's a legitimate concern because of the fact that you're, I don't want to say spewing, but you're dishing out all the comedy and... You know, you need that reaction. Of course, that's going to be laughter of various means and and so on. And just like with uh, with singing, it's being discouraged and and not and not encouraged in congregations, churches, etc. So, you know, and some places are not even open up for for Sunday services, that kind of thing. Still, so it is still a, a hindrance to where we're at in these times. Yeah, you know, and uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who has a bar. And uh, he had to take his business to the parking lot. And so he set up, you know, he does those tables are six feet apart. And, uh, you know, they're allowed to hang out and eat and drink in that area. But he's not allowed to have live music. And he's not allowed to have, you know, even a DJ and stuff like that. Because they're still like, they don't want people dancing. They don't want people, ga they don't want a, an excess of people there. And so it, it, people are still scared. And, and I just, uh, I, I, I don't feel right going out there and giving people a, a half-assed performance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I want to be able to go out there and, and, and kill it and do the shows, and people are paying a lot of money for these tickets, and I don't want to give them a, a restricted show. So I'd much rather just wait until I can give them a good show. Uh, this is definitely the longest I've been away from the stage. I'm coming up on six months. Wow. And uh, you know I've been at it now for 23 years, and so this is the longest I've been away. Um, so yeah, watching a lot of TV, a lot of Netflix, a lot of uh, you know Hulu and Prime and and going down the list, and you know, I find myself doing other things now. Like now, I'm, I, I'm working on these. Uh, you're talking about pop culture, these uh, Funko Pops. I, I got to deal with them, so now I'm trying to sell Funko Pops to <laughs> to break even right now. What is what is that like, by the way, to be immortalized as a Funko Pop? Uh, you know what? I was really excited to have one, but I was more excited when I did the second one. And the second one, I was able to pose with my dog. I saw that one. That so, one was. I love that one. Yeah, so that, you know, my dogs are my world. So the fact that I could have them, you know, I, I, I like that, it's just, it's so cool. It's so cool. And any pet owners, you know, anytime you can have a picture of your pet and have it on the on a mat refrigerator magnet or a, a poster or something, it's, it's like, wow, look, I got my little baby up there. And so to have a Funko Pop with your with your puppies, man, that's just, you know, and, I, and I, there's thousands of them everywhere. But <laughs> yeah, right now. <laughs> And the, the one thing with the Funko Pops as well is, you know, they have so many Marvel ones. And what do you, I'm going to take a guess, you have a bunch of the uh, Marvel ones? I have a, I have a couple. Uh, Funko, you know, the, the Pops, they, they take up space. And some yeah. people, they get into it, man, and they have an entire wall, an entire room. Uh, if you're not careful, it's, a, it's you know, you can, you, can, you can get a whole bunch of them. And, and before you know it, you look like a store. Yeah. <laughs> Well, my, my cousin, my cousin has a, a room that's just dedicated to the pops. And he's got the ten-inch ones. He's got the you know a bunch of the regular ones. He's got gold ones. He's got blue ones. He's got uh, duplicates. And so the entire room has been taken over by the funk. His wife hates it. The entire room has been taken over. And now, for yourself, are you a box or out-of-box person for pops? Uh, if I have uh, if I have you know multiples, then I don't mind taking one out of the box and leaving it out. But if it's one and it's special to me, I like to try to keep it in the box. And uh, I'm not as as hardcore as some with with the corners. Like you know, I, I, as long as it, you can't visibly see it. If it's on the back, I don't mind if it's you know a little ding here and there. Uh, not all of my pops have protectors. The ones I really care about do. But you know, for the most part, they're just they're out of the, they're 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 standing alone without a without a cover. And what's uh, what is your prized possession of all the pops? Let's see. Right now, I have a uh, the Red Sith from uh, last year's Comic Con. What uh, is that from? Uh, uh, Star Wars. Yes. Okay, so the Stormtrooper. I'm trying because I'm trying to remember that one. That one's from uh, the Last Jedi, right? You know what? I can go grab him. Uh, <laughs> no problem. Talk amongst yourselves. I can find him in about one minute. <laughs> so Eddie, how about that local sports team, huh? The Red Sith. Yeah, no, I'm thinking of a type of uh, stormtrooper that just had that red, red helmeted. But if it's a Sith, then that's more like a red stormtrooper that I'm thinking of. And the funniest thing is, with a lot of the uh, Funko Pops, the difficulty of finding some of them is absolutely crazy. 
I can only imagine because I, I, I don't. Know, I know people that have like some of the original Simpsons ones, like the early, early ones, mm-hmm. and those go for a ton. And someone just has one sitting there of like a Homer out of box sitting there, and like that thing goes for $500. No. No, they do. Jeez. I just can't fathom that, but that's okay. Be- but you to. can't fathom the reality of a moon first appearance of Moon Knight being $1,000? Uh, Come on, son. Uh, none of them. None of them for that much. I'm back, you guys. Oh, from across the room. Here he comes. <laughs> Good call. Yeah, the Sith, uh, the Sith Trooper. The Sith Trooper. Okay. Okay. I'm, try- I'm trying to like mentally picture it. That's why. I think and, I, uh, I, I completely forgot. Last year they gave me a um, uh, a Golden Freddy Funko, uh, and this sucker. I think they made twelve of them. So it's it's really really like you know rare. I was rare. It was, it was given to me by the, the people at Funko. Eddie and I were just talking about uh, with the rarity of some of these, and I just mentioned to him the uh, Homer Simpson one, the original Homer Simpson pop vinyl, and how that goes for like I think three to five hundred dollars. And Eddie was in complete disbelief just now about that. And oh, the, the the Funko Pop community is very very special. Um, they uh, they will put value on something if there's a limited number. That's that's what makes it special. And. Um, one of my figures that I had, I, uh, I made uh, a chase, okay? Like, they, they have figures that come out, and they call them chases, which, you know, they're different colors, or maybe the, the face is different, or something's going on where it's just a little bit different. There's a limited number. Well, I couldn't get an official chase, so what I did was is that I took one of my original uh, batch of Funkos, I took 40 of them, and I basically had them uh, painted uh, rose gold. I had a painted rose gold. I made it clear that they were ghetto chases. <laughs> they were ghetto chases. But what I did was is that I autographed each one of them and numbered them on the back of the head, and then I signed the box. And so when I told people, hey, I'm not, these are not for sale. I'm only giving these away. They're ghetto chases. People went crazy for them, and there was one that got auctioned on, uh, well, that was on eBay, and I know it was crazy, and, and I, don't, I don't believe it, but it got as high as a hundred thousand dollars. Wow! For for and I'm, and I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? And I'm I'm watching this as it's happening because it, it's you know they're 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 inflating the number. Now what what, what would have somebody actually paid for it is beyond me. But the fact that it got that high, yeah. they eventually shut down the account because <laughs> they they said it was gouging. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Damn. So yeah, this uh, you know these Funko Pops, man, they, they take on a whole life of their you know a whole life of their own. And it's funny and, because and I'm I'm not as hardcore as, as some. I enjoy it, but I don't let it take take me over. Exactly, and like you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of like certain ones. Like I'm very particular in what I want to get. Like I love the X Men and I love the Fantastic Four. I'll get the pop vinyls of them. I'm done. Oh, I love the Guardians. I'll get them. Oh look, it's uh, let me think of a random Marvel character, um, Captain America. Eh, I'll pass for now. You know, what? I'm sorry, Eddie. All right, that's okay. <laughs> no, no offense taken. I hope none. But you know, there's like certain characters, and then there are certain like fandoms in the the uh, Funko community. I love collecting certain pro wrestling ones. When the minute the Kevin Owens one came out on the shelf, I had to get it to support my boy. And then when CM Punk came out. I'm regretting not getting that because I'm looking at how much the resale value of that thing goes for. And it's either the regular one or the Hot Topic version go for crazy, stupid money. And I understand why, but I, I can't justify paying, you know, more than 20 to $30 for something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> that's certain things the... that we'll pay a lot of money for, they're not, these are not one of them. I, yeah. I got I to gotta cap well, Gabriel, going back, and I think I, I probably know the answer, but I have to ask anyway. As a result of you know really getting into Iron Man because of the movie and so on, uh, would it be with that character or any other that may have crossed your mind? You know, wow, maybe I should read some of the comic books and start getting into that stuff. I have more time nowadays. Anything like that? Um, the uh, you know Captain America, that one. I I, I feel like there's so many stories in there that that. It could be told. It should be told, uh, you know, through film. And, and those, I'm just going to have to go and find them for myself through the, uh, through whatever comics I can get my hands on. Mm-hmm. 
You know, the fact that it's uh, I, the, there's a passing of the torch now with the shield and, and, and you know, the, that there's going to be a new Captain America now. This this like, whoa. And, and, you know, I have friends that told me, oh, yeah, those are, those are in the comics, man. Back in the day, they, you know, they, they told a story about that. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Really? I didn't know that was going to happen. And they're like, yeah, well, you know, if you would have bred. And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's what education was for. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think I think I, I I'd like to check out some uh, some old school Captain America. Yeah, I I do love checking out in regards to some of the characters, you know, in Marvel and stuff like that. The uh, I like knowing that there are people out there such as yourself whose introduction to these characters are the movies because it's such a unique way. Because myself, like mine, was more believe it or not, you know, Eddie, you may not know this, but like not really the comics. It was the animated stuff for when I was growing up, you know, on Fox Kids. Like, that was my introduction growing up. Yeah, and I think I did not know that. Correct. There's so oh, many different... Room. Yeah, there's so many different ways, you know, that we can bring these characters into our, you know, subconscious. Like, there's little kids out there right now whose introduction, for example, to the Falcon is going to be through a golden book. They're doing golden books of the Falcon, which it's like, really? Mm-hmm. Falcon? Okay. But it, it's such a cool thing to discover these characters in all these myriad of ways. Well, they're finding what? out different ways. Now, with the newer generation coming up and the whole marketing, the whole research and development stuff, that sure, Golden you would not have thought of that 30 years ago or more, maybe less. But now, sure, that's a viable method to, to introduce characters. And can I just say, you guys, I appreciate the fact that you're allowing me to be honest about my introduction to, uh, to the you know Marvel Universe because... You, man, every now and then you run into a purist and you, you're like, like, oh, well, you didn't read the comic books, man. You're not really a, a real diehard fan. I go, you know what? Relax. Okay? <laughs> you need to chill out. At least I'm honest as far as how I can. I, I grew up reading the books, man, and, and I'll tell you about such and such and such and such, and I'm like, wow, I was having sex. See, my thing is, my buddy BJ, and I realize that's a terrible transition now on this, but... You sure ain't gonna <laughs> um, believe it is. Jeez. Wow. Um, my friend, whose initials are that, he made the comment, um, this is the stuff we used to get beat up for as kids. Like, we used to love this stuff, and we'd get beat up for it. But what I love about this is I can be able to have a conversation with somebody about all of this stuff, geek out with them about my passion. doesn't matter where they came from with their introduction to it. I'm like, cool, maybe I can, you know, teach you some cool stuff about this this way, or you could teach me something that I didn't know, you know? And it, it's so cool. It's so cool that there's this new, like every day somebody is joining into the fold of the Marvel fandom, and I love that. Like there's a new conversation that could be had with that person because I love talking. <laughs> can you tell? And they, can you tell? Right. Well, you know what, Gabriel? I think it's great that you came into it, into the Marvel Universe through the movies, because if there were no Marvel Universe movies, you'd not be in it at all. So, And, and you know what? Uh, again, I, I mean, I, I watched old movies back in the day. Not the same as now, clearly. And I wasn't as, uh, you know, invested in the stories and just the overall. But, um, you know, everybody has their own way of getting into it. And... Uh, yeah, again, I, I think some people need to back up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> let, let, let me enjoy it. And like, like honestly, one of the ones that I'm beyond stoked that people are going to be discovering soon, because you have Disney+, Plus. there's going to be a Moon Knight series. And I cannot wait for other people to be equally as loony for Mooney as I am. And it's one of those, when you see him, you're going to love him. I know you will love him. Because he's like, it's it's just such a cool character. And like some people will say, oh, he's just Batman. He's not Batman. I swear to God, he's not Batman. But um, <laughs> there's just something about these characters that are so unique that, you know, there's somebody for everybody in the Marvel Universe that you can connect with. You know, like I'm a big Spider-Man fan, a big Star-Lord fan. Those are my guys. And, you know, you mentioned Iron Man. Any other particular characters that you're, you know, f- uh, fond of? Uh, Deadpool, man. I, I'm, I'm kind of like, um, you know, I'm, I'm wondering what's going to happen with this, uh, you know, possibility of 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 uh wolverine and, and deadpool doing something together but then it's like you know some people want to stay in some people want to get out um also the same thing with spider-man where it's like sony pictures and marvel and disney it's just it's, you know i feel like everybody's blocking each other and you know uh, you mentioned deadpool i think you would be perfect in a deadpool movie 
You know, I think I, I think I would love to be. Uh, I definitely would love to. Just, you know, whatever, man. Get slapped around, get get interrogated, have Deadpool throw me in a trunk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, whenever I'm a fan of something, it just it doesn't matter. I, I, you know, like a few years ago, uh, I was hardcore into that show Narcos on Netflix, and uh, when I worked out my deal with uh, with Netflix to do a special. I said, "Hey, Matt, is, is there? You know, I'd love to make a cameo, or something. I, you know, on the, on the show." And they pulled some strings, and they got me on the show to get killed in like ten seconds. <laughs> but I didn't care. I was just such a fan of the show. I'm yeah. like, "This is awesome!" And, and they put the little uh, the squid packs on me, and, and you know, shot me to shit. And uh, sorry, I don't know. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> I didn't mean to cut. Uh, you know, it, it was awesome. It was awesome. So definitely, if that if that pull freaking. You know, dicing me up or, or, or hanging out or be at the store selling something. It, it don't matter. I'd, I'd be all for it. I want to see this. Gabriel for Deadpool 3. That needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Eddie, make it happen. I think, yeah, make it happen. Make a few calls. Um, it would just remind me, too, of of thinking of you, Gabriel, in, in, a, in a Deadpool thing. And then I was thinking on a corollary like with Ant Man, with Michael Pena, and so on. But that made me go back to think, well, who were your influences that uh, made you decide, you know what, I want to do comedy? Were there other comedians that you like to listen to or imitate possibly or learn routines from that you, you know, admire and so on? I was an Eddie Murphy guy, a Robin Williams guy. Uh, those those two were, were the most influential for me. I, I wanted to be, you know, Eddie Murphy and Robin Williams so bad growing up. They were the ones that, you know, they had the characters, the, the energy, the spontaneity. It was just, I'm like, yeah. We like that's, that's what I want. We are like some some people who, well, in my day, of course, growing up listening to records, albums, cassettes, and CDs. Uh, if there were groups that I really was into, I would listen back, front, up, down, you know, and I'd have these songs memorized and so on. And the same thing, in some respects, with comedy albums because I had a, some some comedy albums and, and CDs and whatever. And so, you know, I had I had Richard Pryor, I had Bill Cosby, I had Steve Martin, and I knew these in and out. Not that I wanted to go into that, but similar experience for you. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't have the, uh, the album, uh, but I definitely had a bunch of cassettes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> bunch of cassettes. Like for me, again, like, you know, Robin Williams, uh, live at the Met, Eddie Murphy, uh, delirious raw. Um, you know, I was a big fan of, of Billy Crystal as well. Uh, Bill Cosby, definitely an amazing storyteller. There's, there's so many, you know, influential, uh, Know, comics back then, and, and and there were some some that that, that uh, were more like political. Some that were more like entertaining. There were some that were like right in the middle, like Gallagher. He'd go out there and do a political you know rant, and then freaking beat up a watermelon. And so you know everybody had their own um, their own thing. And and uh, I just like the fact that with Eddie Murphy and Robin Williams, they were more so all about characters and just telling stories and being funny. Versus uh, trying to put politics or religion or anything else out there like that. Yeah, the first person I think of in that respect is George Carlin. Yeah, no, see, and, and as a kid, I didn't appreciate George Carlin. I didn't like George Carlin at all. And and honestly, there's a lot of people out there that don't like George Carlin. Uh, and I basically, it's because those people are are not intelligent enough to understand George Carlin. You got to have something upstairs to appreciate Carlin. If you're dumb, he will never make sense to you. So you'll never get him. Uh, again, as a kid, I, I, I could not relate. As an adult, I'm like, oh, my God. Mm. It, I have a whole different appreciation for George Carlin. Yep. And, you, and uh, that just wasn't the case when I was young. You mentioned comedians like, you know, Carlin. What about uh, Bill Hicks? Now, see, uh, Bill Hicks, he's another one, too. Uh, as When I was younger, I didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't get it. Watching him now, it's, it's very different, and I appreciate the fact that I can go and, and watch specials like his on, on Netflix that are now available, and you can watch, and you're like, man, he, you know, very, very much ahead of their time. And he could control a room. Oh, my God. And, and there's... his whole story, and just, uh, you know, it's, it's so sad how things ended for him. And, yeah. Uh, you know, that story where, where they, they never aired his, um, his, his uh, late, late show with uh, Letterman. Yeah, it wasn't did, until late years later where they aired it, and his mom was there, and he apologized because it's just his material was was you know people couldn't they didn't get it back then. It was too it was too risky. He was too real. Hmm. 
And it's kind of funny, you know, when you look back on that one now, it's kind of considered mildly tame compared to, like, you know, things that are being said, you know, in different sets and whatnot, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, when you, you mentioned Robin Williams, like, it's, I think this year is the five-year anniversary, isn't it, of his passing? I think it's... Uh, yeah, it five or six, definitely. Yeah, and it's it like... Just, it, just, it just passed. It, again, that's one of those heartbreaking things, but, like, he's one of those guys, he was, you know, honored as a Disney legend, and I feel like that would have been inevitable to see him, like, involved in the Marvel Universe himself. You know, there's just something about his personality, like, that, he would have been a part of that. Like, to the point where, like, how beloved he was in the world of geek culture, like, he named his daughter Zelda after the video game series. And he even got honored in those games, you know, with a character, I think, named Robin in the game. And there's just something about, you know, him as a performer that, like, his stuff still holds up incredibly well, not just, you know, his acting, but his stand-up performances and everything about him. And, yeah, he's one of the ones I absolutely treasure as well, and I, you know, miss him to this day. And what what I'm wondering, could you see him, you know, have being a part of the Marvel Universe? Oh, man, the man was so talented. I mean, even if he wasn't a, a superhero, uh, just, you know, being, he was, multi-talented the guy could you know if you wanted to be serious he could be serious if you wanted to be funny he could have been funny uh you, you know you put the right stuff around him i'm sure he could have you know because i never saw him in movies where he held a gun and, and shot people up i'm, I'm sure i'm sure he, could, he had that kind of range where he could have i think he just chose not to did you ever see uh, him in a one-hour photo uh you know what i still haven't seen it it's so I good still haven't seen one hour photo i just heard it's really disturbing and mm-hmm. that if you're a big fan of robin williams it'll make you look at him a whole different way yeah my uh, best friend Josh Rosengren is like a massive uh, Robin Williams fan. Like that's the one he hasn't seen. And I'm like, why have you not seen this yet? And he's like, I want to watch Jumanji again. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it's a different, just from the previews and a little bit that I have seen of that. Yeah, totally different and dark kind of thing. And he says Neon Genesis Evangelion in there for no reason. Just no reason. <laughs> he likes anime. He loved anime. Ah. Got it. Okay, but that one-hour photo character—it just you just describe the character, and already it's like, whoa, that's super dark. Yeah, you know, because you know there have been people like that. Oh yeah, and it's like you know nowadays, you know, you don't go and get film developed. It's, everything's instant. You have it on your own, and you just you know you, you buy the thing, you print out your own pictures. But yes. back then, people had access to your. I mean, that was like look right, not not access to like an Instagram account. They actually had photos. And they could make copies and take them home, and that's, oh, yeah. I would, so, I would uh, say. <laughs> definitely yeah. not catch Adam. <laughs> <laughs> my, my thing with him. Or Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Um, with, with him, though, for some reason, I don't know why, but I just look at him, and I could have seen him a part of the uh, Thor mythos. There's just, like, obviously not playing as Thor, but, like, being one of the elders in the Thor universe. Eddie's looking up. He's like, you know. Uh, no, I'm kind of trying to get the picture here, but it's not happening he's just very, yet. He was very hairy. And there were a lot of hairy, you know, Norsemen. Uh, yes. Okay. So, maybe. Yeah, that dude was part chia pet. He definitely was. <laughs> he, was a, he was a hairy man. <laughs> okay, yes, I get it now. I'm thinking past the face. Got it. Thank you. Yeah, but he had that look. Like, there's just something about him that would have fit for that. Or being involved... You know, throwing him out as a gleep glop in, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy or something. Like, just something with him. All right. Okay, sure. And I don't know. could have been anything. Exactly. And, like, there's... He could have been, like, even in the Captain America movies as, like, a senator or a politician, you know? Because you have Gary Shandling as one of the villains, which is, like, a complete 180 for him. Sure. Mm Mm-hmm. But... And Gary Shandling was another great comic. With with uh, everything going on, you know, I actually started uh, rewatching uh, the Larry Sanders show, and like that, oh my god, still holds up to this day. It's incredible. Such a funny show. And, show inside a show. And one of the other things, you know, again with all the streaming stuff, you know, Eddie had mentioned, and you had mentioned with Disney Plus. Are there any like? Have you been wanting to fall down the animation rabbit holes with Disney with Marvel? Uh, you know what. I do. I don't want to. I don't want to commit because then it is. You know, it just keeps going. It just keeps going. I mean, it was hard enough. I already watched Hamilton like eight times. You know, <laughs> I know that when I like something, I get into it. Mm-hmm. Okay, favorite song on that so far? When the King comes out. Um, oh, I know. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sing. 
<laughs> I know which one you're talking about, and that is the one that has been on loop for me too. The uh, you say da 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 da. That one, I love that one. Oh, yeah. See, you, <laughs> you can't do it without singing it. I'm I'm not right? Singing it. <laughs> I'm out of that one. Gabriel, any of the things that you are watching, not Hamilton, <laughs> in these shows, these series, are they giving you um, ideas for new future comedic material? Are you making notes, anything like that? Uh, you know, to have this, I've never had this much time, uh, you know, period, for myself. I mean, it's like, I now know what it is to get eight hours of sleep. Yeah. I, you know, oh. I've, I've been working for so many years now, and I've never really taking time. I don't take vacations. I don't take breaks. Um, you know, basically the tour goes and once we hit every single city, then the tour name changes. And then we hit all those cities again with a new name. So it's just, we're always just changing and just going, you know, one, it's like a passing of the baton. It just keeps going and going and going. Mm. And so to have this much time to myself, it's, it's insane. I went crazy for the first month just trying to, you know, withdrawals. Like, oh man, I missed the stage. I'm going to lose my timing. I'm going to lose my rhythm. And um, as far as content for the future, I don't even know when we're going to get to come back. So I, I don't even know where to where to begin. I definitely don't want to harp on the whole COVID thing and the mask and, and just everything that, that we've been dealing with. I, I want to be able to perform material that's outside of that, but I haven't been able to experience more than just watching TV and you know going to Starbucks and making sure. I got yelled at by the girl at Starbucks, your mask, sir. And I'm like, ah, oh, shoot, that's right. Give me a second. And then I'm holding up traffic. <laughs> oh, yeah, if you leave without your mask, oh, you're screwed. You can't, you got to, you know, tuck your head in your T-shirt. Come on, just take it quick. That's been, that's been a, uh, you walk into a store, walk around for like five seconds, and you realize, oh, I don't have my mask, and you run out of the store like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, you you don't want that moment. But I, it, I don't want to be that person. And then, of course, there's the people that are going to argue back and forth about whether you should or you shouldn't wear it. and. Uh, I'm just from a place where, hey, if, this, if that's the rules right now and that's what we need in order to get through this, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. It's not a huge inconvenience for me. Exactly. And I mean, like, yeah. the one thing that, you know, out of all of this, like, the, the biggest thing that I miss is going to the movies. And, you know, yes. uh, I, I did a drive-in and it wasn't the same. Mm-mm. Like, I, no, that you, you walk in, you smell the popcorn, you go get some candy, you know, you go try to find a seat that doesn't have gum on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down. It's, it's it's a whole different experience, and and uh, I was doing that every single week. That was when I come home from the road. I'd always go watch a movie. Every single week, I'd go watch a movie, and then all of a sudden, no more movies. What I wouldn't give, or what I would give to be able to watch previews again that I don't normally watch. You know, just for that theater going experience, I miss that. Yeah. And like. I re- you know, I realize now this is the downer part of the conversation. Let's try and, you know, amp it back up. But It's, it's another downer. We had one already. So yeah. there. Well, one of the things is, you know, with the future of the Marvel movies, like, there's so much coming. You know, we have, let's see, in order of the slate, I believe, we've got uh, Black Widow, Black, which, Black will, Widow? which will come out one day. Apparently mm-hmm. also uh, non-MCU related, but New Mutants is supposed to hit this month, which, good luck with that, guys. Um, <laughs> but... All these, you know, we have Black Widow, we have the Eternals, and I'm guessing before, like, you know, the start of the year, I really wasn't that familiar with the Eternals, and I'm imagining you're in the same boat, correct? Uh, no, not not very familiar. I read a little bit of the book, and I'm like, you know what, I kind of dig this, but I don't know how it's going to translate to the big screen, but I'm kind of excited. Like, it's one of those, I never cared about the Guardians of the Galaxy, and here I am sitting with a Star-Lord tattoo, so there's that going for me. Yeah. Oh wow! You got a Star Lord tattoo? I, I have his helmet tattooed on my uh, my left bicep. Wow! Yeah, you're hardcore, bro. I try. <laughs> Star- Remember though, hashtag Star Lord did nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I I once vehemently debated a child in a comic book store once over that, and it was not my proudest moment. But <laughs> all right, it kind of was. No, um, but just the whole the whole aspect of again what these characters mean to us, you know where. I'm willing to verbally argue with a child over a character. It's kind of cool to see that, you know, that element of how much these characters mean to us, you know? And you were mentioning before, very close to getting into full-on arguments with people over Marvel versus DC. We all have that, you know? Yeah, again, just like wrestling, man. I've got into, you know, got into it with people like, oh, well, who's the greatest? Undertaker. What about Shawn Michaels? I mean, you can keep going back and forth. 
Yeah, but Hulk Hogan started it all, man. No, Andre the Giant. Without Andre, Hulk wouldn't be nothing. Yeah, but then the Sheik. And then, like... Oh, my <laughs> God. Just keep going. Now, which Sheik are we going with? Are we going with Sheiky Baby, or are we going with uh, Ed Farhat, the one with the flaming fireballs? No, 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 Iron Sheik. I love Sheiky Baby. He's... I, I randomly referenced him the other day on Twitter, too, with uh, the uh, WWE artist Rob Schamberger, and, like, that's just one of those... Damn, Sheiky Baby's interesting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I've had the opportunity to hang out with him a few times, and uh, never a dull moment. He's such, he's such an interesting dude. Never a dull moment. Um, when he, when he's, no. Who, so, with, with the wrestling, who are some of your all-time favorites, by the way? Because I don't think I've ever you know, heard that from you. Uh, ooh, man. Um, well, definitely, hands down, number one, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Weren't you on his podcast? Yes. What was uh, that I was on like? A podcast a couple times, and then I got to do a TV show. Ah, uh, and so uh, cool. man, that was so much fun. We uh, they they uh, reached out to see if I was interested in, in doing his uh, his new USA show. It's uh, he goes, "Do you have any ideas?" And I said, "Well, every episode, you're in cars, you're in trucks, you're doing all kinds of you know just like manly man stuff out there." And and I said, "I noticed that he had just bought a Camaro." And, I, and I, I had just uh, acquired a uh, Trans Am. And I said, well, you know, they're about the same in, in years. And I said, hey, would you, let's, let's, uh, let's race. And he was all for it. He's like, really? And so we raced, uh, you know, we raced cars, and then we shot crossbows. And uh, what the heck else were we doing? Crossbows. Uh, and then we ate on a, tra- on a racetrack. And then at the end, we got pedicures. Jeez. <laughs> Talk and that's about the bottom line. Four different aspects of the gamut of things to do. Line. Jeez. Holy cow. <laughs> I know. That, and, and I know for a fact, being able to hang out with, uh, with somebody like him for an entire day and do all those activities, I know I took somebody's make-a-wish, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it had to be somebody's. Why not yours? Somebody's got pedicure yeah. with uh, Steve so, Austin. And I'm, a, and I'm a real fan of, of uh, Steve. And he's just he's such an awesome uh person and just a, a great performer and so yeah number one steve austin um big fan of you know undertakers uh bret hart i mean i gotta keep going uh chris jericho i, I don't think gets enough credit he, he's done so much and he still continues to do uh great work over at aew have you done uh jericho's show yes uh i've done on his podcast and i did his uh jericho cruise uh right before everything kicked off this year nice yeah i, I so, know uh, with the other two you mentioned, uh, Undertaker and Brett, I met both of them uh, earlier this year at like one weekend before everything happened at the uh, main event uh, meet and greet session in uh, Queens, New York. And Undertaker does definitely tower over anybody. He's massive. He, him, uh, I'm trying to remember who else was there. Like uh, Tito Santana was there, and even he's like, you know, super tall. Like it's insane. You know, back in the day, be, you know, uh, when people said, well, what was, what, what was your dream? What did you want to be? I said, I either want to be a comedian or a pro wrestler. And for some reason, I just I always knew that for me to be a pro wrestler, I needed to be over six feet tall. And so as a kid, I was always like, I, I got to keep growing. I got to be at least six feet tall if I ever want to be a wrestler because they would always tell you the height and weight when they'd come to the ring. Standing in it, you know, you'd never hear no five foot tall. It was rare. <laughs> You know, and, and the guys that did come in later on in, in the, that were shorter, guys like a, a Rey Mysterio or Eddie Guerrero and stuff like that, you know, they were, they were superstars and they'd fly all over the ring. But I knew you had to be tall. You had to be a tall person. And the taller you were, the better the chances. So, yeah. Like, like Big Show, oh, my God, I think I come up to his nipple. <laughs> and, you know, you mentioned uh, Mysterio and Guerrero. It's kind of crazy seeing nowadays, you know, Eddie's son, uh, Dominic Mysterio, shout out to all the wrestling fans out there who got that joke, um, you know, just seeing him go on and continue his wrestling career, you know, like go off and do his own thing. Yeah, well, that whole family, man, it's, it's in the blood. It's in the blood. All the Guerreros. As a matter of fact, Chavo just reached out to me a couple days ago, so I'm going to be doing his show at the end of the month. Chavo is one of, by far, the single most underrated wrestlers I've ever seen. And, you know, like when I was watching the uh, Dark Side of the Ring documentary and he showed up in one of them, it's it reminded me of how great of a talent he was and how good of a hand he was in the ring, you know? Yeah, I, you know, a lot of these guys, there's a lot of talent out there. And a lot of times they, you know, push someone else. They think they can get more out of one guy. And 
but you can see that there was a, a lot of talent that was not used to the fullest. And that's always a constant battle. Oh, they could have done this, they could have done that, but you can see that there's a lot of talent there. My random guy I used to use as like, you know, it was just because his name was always fun to say, but like I used to always go with Savio Vega and like eventually wow. down the line, you, oh yeah. <laughs> I used to uh, post on Reddit where I would ask like long rambling questions pertaining to Savio Vega and like, you know, some of the wrestlers would get a kick out of it. Others like absolutely hated it like Magnus, but you know, there's all, you know, he's such a great talent himself. Like, uh. Tommy Dreamer, for example, like my friend trained under him and he brought it up, you know, the whole Savio Vega thing to him. He's like, you know, Savio was a really good talent, like very solid in the ring, very underrated. I watched his match against Owen Hart at uh, SummerSlam, I think, 95, 96, and it's one of the best matches I saw on that show. So I got to go back and watch. Oh, it's so good. If you can check it out on the WWE Network, only for nine ninety nine a month. <laughs> $9.99. <laughs> I love that they made shirts for that. Like, that's the most on-brand thing for them to do, and it worked. I also love WrestleMania this year with the I Was Not There t-shirts. Uh, I was so sad. I got I got uh, WrestleMania gear for Tampa. I, I pre-ordered, and so all my, my, my t-shirts came in, and I was so ready. Uh, every year I go to WrestleMania, and uh, yeah, for it not to happen, I didn't even put on the shirt. The shirt was all folded up with the stickers and stuff on it, and I'm like, wow. Dude, this year was absolutely crazy, not just with WrestleMania, but, like, the, the show surrounding the event, you know? Like, there was, uh, what's his name, uh, Joey Janela's, uh, I think, Spring Break 4 was going to be happening, and, like, they were going to be bringing out, like, a bunch of random people. Um, Dan Housen was going to be doing something, just a bunch of different shows. And, again, you know, I really hate that we keep going back down to the downer part, but, I mean, <laughs> it's, it, it's, again, the community of that is so much fun, you know? Of wrestling, I mean, not being a down. No, not being a down. Not being a down at all. <laughs> Clarified. And, and, and at least, uh, you know, as uh, challenging as it is for them to put on shows, they still manage to continue to put on shows, and my hat's off to them for that. It's, it's not as enjoyable uh, without an, uh, a crowd there to, to, you know, give the energy, and then, you know, which brings me back to the whole stand-up thing. It's just, it's, it's hard without having people there. They, and if, if you can find a way to pull it off, you know, more power to you, but... Uh, you know, I'm on I'm on temp- temporary retirement until I can come back from uh, from you know not having a crowd. My my one thing with uh, you know the shows and like how they're like slowly starting to bring back crowds. I know uh, Game Changer Wrestling, for example, they're doing outdoor shows and like of course fans have to be safe, socially distance, wear masks. But there's just something so strange and bizarre about seeing those shows now that I kind of get a kick out of them in like a weird way, like. My favorite one was when Joey Janela drove into a pool. Like, he literally took a car and just, you know, drove into a big inflatable pool. It was it was a good time. Yeah, those outdoor shows are scary sometimes because, man, that's when they'll bring the uh, those fluorescent lights or, or they'll, they'll get crazy with the thumbtack. Those are those shows where they just don't care. Oh, yeah. It's like back, backyard-style, uh, you know, wrestling matches. There's a... Uh, Indie wrestler. I actually got to be at a uh, Game Changer wrestling show before the show started, and one of the guys, John, when you edit this episode, please edit this part out. Uh, I met uh, Nick Gage, and Nick Gage is like, you know, a guy who's been to uh, prison for like robbing a bank, this, that, the other thing. Dude thought I was a pro wrestler myself, and he walks up to me and goes, Hi, pleasure to meet you. I'm like, You're a scary man, <laughs> and you're so polite. <laughs> but it's like, there's just something about, you know, a lot of these shows and like you know they're i know they're doing thunderdome have you heard about that one no what's what's thunderdome so basically thunderdome is going to be a show uh i think it's going to be either raw or smackdown and it's going to be in the building they're going to have like screens all over with fans like skyping in or zooming in or whatever and just watching the show but you know like doing chants which is going to be really hilarious with lag and you know all of these different things like i don't know how it's going to be done but they're going to be doing something Right now, when you said Thunderdome, I thought about Mad Max and just the tower of people, you know. All somebody, uh, somebody going, on all, all, going all the way up the wall. Uh, James Vanderbeek on Twitter, not not that one, but the other one. Um, he put up on there WCW Thunderdome, and it was the WCW Thunder logo with Thunderdome, and I appreciated that oh so much. Uh, before we go, first off, I uh, just wanted to say again, thank you so much for this. We greatly appreciate it. Oh, my, my pleasure. I, I could talk wrestling all day. <laughs> all righty. So. Then it would be a totally different podcast. We're not the wrestlists. Sorry. The WWEists. 
That look of disdain from Eddie. Wow. Sounds like you need to use the potty or something to wee us. But anyway. (laughs) All right. So before we go, Gabriel, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you guys having me. And, uh, you know, I'd be happy to come back. We we can finish this Thunderdome talk. (laughs) Absolutely. Hopefully hopefully in a... uh, Less downer of a world, obviously. And we can talk about a, an upcoming Marvel movie like, like Black Widow in November, supposedly Man. this November 6th. Who knows? But, Gabriel, how can people get a hold of you on social media? I'm the easiest guy to find online. Just Google the word fluffy and everything you've ever wanted to know is right there on the first page. Beautiful. I don't know what happened. Somehow or another, I took over the word fluffy. Like, seriously, I'm the number one thing that pops up if you Google fluffy. I beat bunnies. <laughs> comforters, cotton candy, uh, fabric softener, I, you name it. I'm the number one fluffy that pops up. See, and the only other fluffy I can think of is from uh, Sandra Bullock and While You Were Sleeping and the cat that uh, the supposed fiancé was named Fluffy. Eddie, who yeah. are you? I'm sorry, that's hey, what I went to. I come, up before that, I come up before that cat, too. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me on your show. For The Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Gabriel Iglesias. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior. <laughs>